Saturday night, May 6th. One day after Cinco de Mayo, two days after May the 4th be with you, and all that jazz. Um, just doing a quick special Scott Speaks episode. As you, get, as you guys know, sometimes I do this. Specifically when Todd and I have been able to sync up on recording a normal podcast, BroPod episode. And additionally, when Jamie and I have been unable to get together on an episode of The Other Half, which we had planned to do earlier tonight, but due to a series of unforeseen circumstances, we did not. So here I am. It's a little after 11 (laughs) o'clock on a Saturday evening. And because I'm stubborn and because I have made it now two and a half, maybe three years straight, with uploading content every single week for that two and a half to three years, I am putting together a little Scott Speaks, little podcast to reach out to you guys, let you know what's been going on, um, and I have one specific topic to discuss, and then I will upload this before midnight to keep the streak alive. At least that's the plan. But short of any sort of computer difficulties, that should happen. I see no reason why that can't happen. Um, so again, the reason that this is happening is this week, first week of May 2023, Todd was in England, jolly old England, which we talked about on last week's podcast, episode 217, um, for work. I think Monday through Thursday, he said. I think that's right. And then... I actually had my, well, it used to be biannual, um, but now it's just going to be annual uh, work conference, and it basically lasted Tuesday night through early Friday. But we had it was it was here in town, so I didn't have to travel anywhere for it. Um, but it, because it was in town, we actually had an event on Monday as well, as well as Tuesday morning. So it was basically all week for me. Um, that I was otherwise occupied and I didn't get home until, because I, I did stay downtown Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights at the, the conference hotel. And I um, didn't get home until midday, well, after noon on Friday. And then I've just been kind of getting back in the swing of things here in the last 36 hours or so. So all that to say, didn't have anything recorded. And it got to be pretty late tonight, so here we are, recording something. Um, So this won't be that long, (laughs) because in about 25 minutes I need to cut this off no matter where I am, and upload something. Otherwise, I won't be able to get it out, because I need to edit it too, and type up this stuff, whatever. Don't worry about me, I'll be fine. Um, I'll get this done. It is my life's mission at this point in time. So I will say that uh, it was one of, the, one of the advantages of the conference being in town is that it was cool that I got to go at dinner with uh, one of, you know, an industry friend, a couple of his co-workers on Monday night. And then he was like, hey, do you want to go to the Nuggets game? As you know, the Nuggets are in the playoffs right now playing the Suns. They're up 2-0. Game 3 is tomorrow. I think that's right. No. 
Game three was yesterday, as I sit here again, May 6th. Game four is tomorrow. But anyway, um, but I, I went to the game on Monday night. We decided last minute it was just supposed to be dinner, and then he's like, hey, why don't we go to the game? We were downtown Denver. The game was or the, the, the arena was like a mile and a quarter away. So we said, why not? We decided to go. It was awesome, man. Playoff basketball is something unique. I've been to a few playoff games in my life. Went to a Chicago Bulls game back in like 2008, 2009, back when they would have been in the playoffs, so definitely a while ago. Uh, went to a Lakers playoff game in like 2011, 2012. I think it was 2012. It was uh, Lakers, Oklahoma City. This was the Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Oklahoma City Thunder team, um, and James Harden before they were who they are now. Um, they were just coming up. And that one was unfortunate. I was out in San Diego for work, and I drove up to L.A. and, and caught that game uh, the tail end of my work trip there. But it was unfortunate because they lost. So that one that one sucked. The Bulls game, I don't even remember if the Bulls won or not, honestly. Um, and then I, I may have gone to a Trailblazers playoff game. Maybe not. I don't recall. Point is, I've only been to a couple in my <laughs> in my lifetime, but man, it's just it's a wild atmosphere. And I, you know, I I don't remember specifics of the Lakers OKC game. I don't remember specifics of the Bulls game necessarily, other than I got a free shirt. Like there was a shirt at the uh, on your seat when you first sat down. Um, but uh, it was Monday night was just wild. Like, there's just this feeling in playoff basketball, NBA playoff basketball, that it's really, it's just hard to describe, but it was, it's pretty awesome. I definitely had a good time. Um, and, and, you know, if you live in a city that has an NBA team and they're in the playoffs now and you have the opportunity to go, I can only imagine it's as exciting as what I'm just describing right now. And I would encourage you to go. I think it would be a wise choice. Um, so that was fun. The rest of the week was was fine. You know, pretty typical work stuff. You know, I got to go to some 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 nice meals. I got to interact with, you know, industry friends. And again, up until this year, this conference has been twice a year in May and October. This is the first year it will just be once. Uh, so it's just in May. And the next year, for some reason, they're having it in the October time frame. So literally... You know, for, for many years, it's been either five, six, or seven months between having these meetings with all of these industry uh, co-workers, if you will. And now it's going to be 17 months before I see them again. So that wasn't front of mind, but for certain people that who I really enjoy the company of, uh, that kind of crossed my mind. It's like, it's going to suck not seeing you again uh, for well over a year now. You know, for the people that you generally only talk to them at these conferences. It's like, man, we're going to have a lot to catch up on in October of 24. Uh, that conference can be down in, in New Orleans. So long way off, obviously, but I'm already looking forward to that. And hopefully that'll be a, a fun time when it comes up. But um, but the, the main thing I want to talk about tonight, and it's going to be reflective, reflected in the episode title, is I had a converse, conversation with... Um, and some of you listening will know who this is pretty quickly, but that's that's okay. I'll still leave it anonymous. But I had a conversation with a former coworker of mine, who I consider a very good friend, who is in the industry. 
um, we, we sat down and broke bread during this conference and, you know, caught up. It's funny, we both live in the same city, but for some reason I do not frequently see her at all. Um, but knowing that we were going to be in the same hotel and in the same area, um, we set up some time to, to sit down and catch up. And so one of the things that we talked about is um, she is not married. She's in a relationship. But we talked about the the reality of specifically the younger generation, specifically her over the past few years, certainly, but the reality of, of dating and dating in the modern age. So as many of you know, I am married. As all of you know, if you're listening to this, I'm married. I now have a kid. I have a daughter. Um, and I have been in a relationship with my wife since 2009. We dated for 10 years before we got married. Uh, over 10 years. And so before I met her, um, I want to say two years before I met her, I had a very brief relationship with a woman. And now we're getting into the mid-2000s. Um, and then my last serious one before that was like right before the turn of the century. So I had a big dry spell there. <laughs> Once we had the year 2000, I had a number of years where I, I did not have a serious relationship. I had several people that, uh, or not even, not even several, I had a couple people that I would say I was interested in that I, you know, kind of very passively pursued, but nothing ever came of it. And like I said, I had kind of a, a summer of love, if you will, with, uh, with a, a girl that I, I knew from college and that only lasted know, three months. That was a very short relationship. And then about a year and a half, two years later, um, I met my now wife. And it took me a long time. She was, I think when I first met her, she was not. But soon thereafter, she got in a relationship. And then she got out and she got another relationship. And she got out. I know it's making her sound like a person that she is not. But uh, I, I kind of waited that out and eventually wore her down as I famously like to say, and I would say this to her face, so it's not like I'm just putting this on a late-night Saturday podcast and hope she never hears it. In fact, I'll encourage her to listen to this. I don't care. This is not news to anyone who knows my history. But the point is, I don't know when dating sites like Tinder or Bumble or whatever came around, but circa 2008, 2009, when I was courting and ultimately started dating my wife, pretty sure like Match.com was maybe the only one Maybe the, the Hello Cupid, I think is another one, was around then, but it was not, you know, this is kind of, this is like the very early stages of smartphones. So it's not even like, you know, the concept of, oh, the app for the, no, Match.com was online. Like you logged into your computer in order to make Match.com a reality for you. Same thing with Hello Cupid, or if, again, if that even existed. So it was nowhere near nowhere near as convenient as it is today to set up a profile and to use the services of those sorts of websites slash apps. So I, I think about, you know, let, let's say I had never met Jamie. I never met my, my wife. You know, it's possible I could have met someone else soon thereafter. I don't know. But let's say my drought had continued and I'd gone another four or five years and not met someone 
would I have been the guy who downloaded the app to try to meet people? I remember when it first started becoming a popular thing. You know, again, I was in a relationship, so I didn't really care, but I certainly had friends dabbling in it. And I kept thinking, I don't know how... I don't think I could do that. I don't think... Sorry, I'm going to yawn a couple times throughout this recording, I'm sure. I don't think I would have the... First of all, I don't think I'd have a lot of luck with apps. But I don't think that... I, I just... I'm very old school when it comes to that sort of thing. And I feel like I would just lean on my friends. I would lean on social circles that I was in. You know, back in the day, at least. Back in the 2009, 2010, 11, 12. That's those sorts of times. I was you know, very active in adult recreational sports, beach volleyball, softball, basketball. And I I, I feel like I would have potentially tried to do, make something happen through those channels. Um, and I would have, which is how I met my wife, I would have continued to hope that, hey, we get a new coworker. And it was the kind of person that could potentially work out for me as a, as a partner. The, the thought of downloading an app, putting my name out there, and just like going on date after date after date with different people just sounds terrible to me. Um, you know, look, I understand it's a it's a volume play. It's an aggregator of people and personalities and potential mates and potential matches and, and, and all that. And, and I'm sure it's very helpful and very useful for a lot of people. I just don't feel like it would be very helpful or useful to me. I feel like it would, um, it would maybe even shine a light on the fact that I'm, you know, that I'm not in a relationship. It would shine a light on the fact that I'm looking for someone and that would be almost self-defeating for me. And, you know, look, I, I don't, want to, I don't want this to be all negative. I do feel like back then, <sighs> wetting my palate, back then, and certainly now, that I have plenty to offer. I'm certainly not the best looking guy in the world. I think you'd have to be quite conceited to think that you are, but I'm entertaining. I'm, I'm courteous, entertaining. Why did I say that? I'm funny. I think I'm a funny guy. I'm courteous. Um, you know, I feel like I can keep someone entertained. I think that's what I was thinking about. I got ahead of myself. Uh, you know, on, in a date-like setting, um, I'm willing to be adventurous. I'm willing to do all the sorts of things that I would imagine a, a woman is looking for. But also, you know, again, I, 2009, 2008, 2009, when I met Jamie, I was, you know, late 20s. I feel like if I would have made it another five or six years and I'm now mid-30s and trying to look for someone, you know, you, you get to a certain point in your life and it's like, all right, now we're coming closer to, all right, the people that I even have the potential to meet are either people that have been lifelong bachelors, more or less like myself, or we're starting to get into divorcee category, single mother category, and look, these aren't immediate, you know, no, swipe left or right. I don't know, whichever one is the decline. It's not like that. But that is, 
it's just not the same, particularly single mothers. <laughs> Nothing against them. I know there's plenty of single mothers out there. I'm sure they have plenty to offer. I wish you all well in finding a mate. Um, and then divorcees, it's like, well, is that in and of itself a red flag? No, but it could be. Why is this person a divorcee? Is it on them or was it on their partner? Or was it just a bad match from the get-go? Who really knows? Um, so you have to factor those sorts of things in, certainly. Um, but yeah, when you get to the mid-30s, you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to find. What is the pool of potential bachelorettes out there for someone who is looking, you know, as a guy in his mid-30s. What are we looking for? Now, I could certainly, and a lot of people do this, and this is the cliche, it's the stereotype, but it's those things because it's true. You could look for someone who's in their late 20s and less likely to have either of those issues. And I see the cliche and stereotype of men dating younger women. It's it's true. My wife is younger than me. Um, but, so that would have always been a possibility, I guess. But, I think also with these apps, not to go down a rabbit trail here, but, you know, it gives women the power to make those sorts of decisions. And they might say, I don't want to date a guy who's in his mid-30s. Sure, there's reasons to do that. They're more, more likely to be financially stable. They're more likely to have their stuff together, if you will. Um, but they're just as likely to not have those things. Absolutely. So, so yeah, I mean, there's... There's so many factors. I could probably talk an hour about this, but those are the sorts of things that would have to be factored in. And so I say all of this to say that, you know, I titled the episode, I'm glad I'm married because in speaking with my friend, again, she's in a relationship, so this isn't relevant to her at this point in time, but not that long ago, she wasn't. And you know, even several years ago, she wasn't. And I would hear the, the stories. I won't say horror stories, but sure. The potential horror stories of, you know, yeah, this guy's profile looks like X, shows as X, makes me think that the date would have gone like Y. And instead it went like Z, because he was a little crazy. This, that, or the other thing was maybe not a complete lie, but a partial fabrication. You know, he said he's 6'3", and he's actually 5'11". He said he drives a fancy sports car, and it's a 1994 Mazda Miata. You know, like, that sort of stuff happens all the time that you hear about. Not to mention the extremes, which, like the Netflix series You, you know, maybe the guy's a serial killer. I don't know. Anything's possible, I suppose. But um, it's just, you know, the hackneyed uh, cliche, it's a jungle out there. Well kind of is. And when you're talking about utilizing the apps, it it makes it easier for the kind of have have nots, if you will, of the world who in a normal setting 30 years ago, before smartphones, before apps, before even dating websites would have had to have gone out to church or to work or to the gym or the grocery store to meet people. And now they don't have to. They can do it from the comfort of their home. And that access is a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing for those people that want to find love and they're able to, and that's fantastic. And I'm happy for those people. And it's just as likely 
that it could be a curse because it matches people up that probably should have never been matched to begin with. And I feel like that's, that's really the downside of it. And the part that I just could not have ever been able to get on board with. And that is the easy access to so many more dates. You know, if you're trying to meet somebody at the gym, meet some, like you have to earn that. You really have to work, work up the courage to talk to the girl that's on the rowing machine or to go to the girl in the produce aisle and make an off-color joke about melons or to move up three pews from where you normally sit in church one week and actually, you know, try to make pleasant conversation. That's doubly awkward because you're at church, but maybe after church, you know, you try to see what the deal is with somebody. But now, you know, using the church analogy, you can look at the entire congregation, at least those that are single, and decide if you're even going to take that next step to to have that conversation. You don't need to worry about moving up three pews. The pews come to you. The, you know, the, the options come to you. So, and, and there's 0% chance, well, not 0%, I guess, but almost a 0% chance that, you know, the whole time you were trying to, to uh, start strike up a conversation with someone that they're already in a relationship. Because if they're on those dating sites... Hopefully they're not in a relationship, unless that's kind of your thing, in which case that's not really what I'm talking about here or who I'm talking to. It's not my target audience. So I guess my point here is that I'm glad I'm not in that scenario. I hope I'm never in that scenario, obviously. I'm happily married. I don't want to be in that scenario. But I just, you know, again, if everything that's happened in my life from a relationship standpoint had not happened and I was where I am right now at my age and not in a relationship, I don't know what I would do. I don't think I could utilize those, those tools. I, don't, I wouldn't want to. I'd be able to if I had to, I suppose, but I wouldn't want to. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in trying to wade my way through literally dozens of women. Like, just find one, figure it out, make it work. And again, if I were to ever find myself in that scenario again, I, I don't think I'd use them. I think I'd lean on my friends. Who at this point, I mean, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I would say, and this includes friends that I haven't talked to in 20 years. I would say 95% of my friends are at least in a relationship. 87 to 88% of them are probably married. And probably 80% of them have kids. Of the 87% that are married, probably 90 to 92% of them have kids. So I say all that to say... <laughs> First of all, and a lot of these friends that I'm thinking of, people I'm talking about are, don't live nearby, so they're probably not going to be helpful. But, um, you know, it's, it's not a good resource to have at this point in my life. You know, whether they're friends that I talk to a lot or friends that I never talk to, they're going to be like, well, I, I can't help you. Because everyone I know is married. Everyone I know has kids. And so it's... I think that leads to, circling back to when I was having a meal with my friend here in the past couple of days, 
it leads to this unnecessary feeling of urgency. Like, I've got to solve this quote-unquote problem of not being in a relationship, of not being engaged, of not being married, of not being a parent. i got to solve it now. Because every year that ticks by, it feels less likely that I'll be able to find someone. And what I, what I told her and what I will say here on this podcast tonight, Scott Speaks, I'm Glad I'm Married, is the name I'm going to use, is don't let the pressure of society make that decision for you. Even, and I feel like she's in this situation, even if you're a person who wants to be in a long-term relationship, you want to be married, you want to have kids. The fact that you don't at a certain point, you know, your age starts with a three, even if you're at the point where your age starts with a four. Don't let society saying, hey, you're 40, you're 35, you're 30, even for some people by 30, they feel the pressure. Why aren't you married? Don't let all your married friends your married parents, your friends with kids, don't let them influence you into settling. You don't want to settle. You want to have the best life that you can, and you want to have that life, presumably, with someone who you can share that life with, who shares similar values, who wants the same thing, yada, yada, yada. So don't force it. Don't rush it. Take your time. Don't be afraid as scary as it would be, and I just spent 15 minutes talking about this, don't be afraid to go back to the apps. Don't be afraid to go back to trying at the gym or at the grocery store or at church or wherever it is that you do things socially, your, your friend group. You know, because I do believe in this thought of there's someone out there for everyone. As romantic as that is, I do think that's true. And I know divorce rates are high in America, and you're like, well, then how can that be true? Well, that, you know, if you end up getting a divorce, you didn't find the right person. That doesn't mean there still isn't someone out there for you. There isn't the one, the right one. And sometimes it takes a marriage or two or three. Um, but don't think that there's a clock ticking, whether biological or otherwise, that should force you into making that sort of a decision. Deciding to be in their long-term relationship, whether just dating, engagement, marriage, whatever, with anyone is a huge decision. It's a huge decision, particularly once you start living with that person. You're sharing pretty much everything of your life with that person. Do you want to rush into that? I mean, everyone starts out their life without a choice in that matter. Your parents are who your parents are. Assuming you live with your parents, but even if you grow up with grandparents or whomever it is that raises you, you don't have a choice in that matter. But you do have a choice in who you spend your life with once you're an adult, once you're an individual out there trying to fend for yourself in the real world. And so don't rush it. Don't let society rush you into that decision. Take your time. Make the best decision for you. Seek out the advice of others, but do it on your timetable. I was 40 years old when I got married. I didn't give a damn. I did not. Okay, I'm not the best example for that. I'm not saying that I, had, I have all the right answers, but I'm just using myself as an example. I was 40 when I got married. 
And sure, there were societal pressures before then. What's taking you so long? Hell, my wife pressured me before then to get engaged. Uh, but, like, that's okay. You can wait that long. You can wait longer. You can never get married. That's an option, too. If that's what you decide to do. You don't have to be married in order to live a life and, and ultimately die. You know what I mean? You, you can run the, run the table as a single human individual, man or woman, and there's no shame in that game. So that's what I'll leave you with tonight is that message of live your own life. Don't be afraid of getting back on the in the saddle if you have to with the dating apps. Don't let that drive your decision. Make the best decision for you. Be only in strong, solid relationships that are beneficial and helpful to your life and your goals in life. And don't settle. Be all that you can be. Get an edge on life with a solid relationship. Some of you got that joke, some of you didn't. I appreciate you listening. This has been Scott Speaks. We'll be back next week with another full episode of the Pod with Scott and Todd. Until then. Thank <laughs> you.